don't know if you guys heard, but last weekend, uh, my wife and I went out to Las Vegas for the opening of the Sphere with U2 performing. And something that happened, aside from the awesome concert and spectacle, was meeting people from all over the world. Oh, cool. Met a couple from Brazil. Of course, tons of people from Ireland. Very proud that U2 was yeah. opening opening the Sphere. Uh, but I met three ladies on the first day we were there from uh, Manchester, England. And I said, have you been to America before? And they said, no, it's our first time. And I said, well, oh, wow. Las Vegas is is big. I said, everything here is bigger, better, louder than anywhere else. And they go, oh, well, no. You know, the one girl goes, I've been in New York before. And she goes, everything, including Americans, are bigger, better, louder than anywhere else <laughs> in the world. So apparently we have quite a reputation of being big, loud personalities. It'd be weird if you just trans since I've been here now twice, both yeah. to big cities. Yeah, yeah. It'd be weird to transport them into small town southern USA. Right, well, that's what I said. What I, I said if, if you go somewhere in the deep south or somewhere in the Midwest, it's not like this. <laughs> I mean, how many Americans have never been to New York or Vegas? Right. Like my husband, he's never been to either. Mm. So, yeah, it's interesting that that's their only impression right. of the USA. It's so funny you wanted to talk about the sphere, Kev, because I was reading something about it recently that is just fascinating. I mean, it's all over TikTok, all over the news. Everyone's talking about this new venue in Vegas that Kevin got to be there for the debut night. Yeah, it was and um, I'll tell you. The coolest nickname for it in just a minute. So everybody's talking about the Sphere in Vegas. Kevin was there for the opening night of U2. First audience ever there. You mm-hmm. were part of mm-hmm. history the right. other night. We sat well, in the seats and we were like, we're the first people to ever sit in these seats. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> well, um, I heard someone call the Vegas Sphere the Death Star if the Empire's priority was having fun. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And uh, I'm stealing that. Some That's other funny. stats. Um, it's a 160,000 square foot screen. Mm-hmm. It costs 2.3 billion with a B dollars. And um, they they said that um, the guy who designed it, it, it started as a crude sketch by James Dolan. Mm-hmm. He's the billionaire sports and real estate tycoon whose Knicks and Rangers haven't won a championship in decades. And he experimented with all kinds of shapes, including a muffin. And he finally drew a circle with a stick figure in it. And voila, the sphere was born. Mm. And for people who aren't into uh, as much into bands, this is pretty cool. Did you hear about Postcard from Earth? No, that's a um, a music or a a, a film they're going to debut at the Sphere Kev, mm. and it takes you on a an immersive journey to all seven continents. Isn't that interesting? I would love to see that. Yeah, that's cool. When your kids are little, you hear "Hey ma, Hey ma, Hey ma," or "Dad, Dad, Dad, Dad" over and over and over again. Right? It can drive you nuts. Uh, that hasn't happened to me since my kids were little until now. Someone's doing that to me through text messaging. (laughs) I'll tell you who it is. See if it's ever happened to you next. So when you're a a parent, I think at some point you become immune to hearing your kids go, hey, ma, hey, ma, hey, ma, or hey, dad, 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 dad. You just you tune it out at some point. But right now on my phone, I can't tune this out. I am being just bombarded with messages from my dentist. I have an appointment tomorrow. They have sent me like 30 messages. I've responded. I'm coming the next day. Hey, just a friendly reminder. You have an appointment and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> just, I want to tell them, stop, I'm coming. They have I'm, a computer, I think, that does that. Have you ever missed one? No. 
Never, not once. No, they don't want you to forget. Not only have I not missed, I'm always early, hoping that maybe they can slide me in a couple of minutes early so I can get on with my life. But I wish I had a computer program that would remind me of other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not just be, the dentist. Yeah, that would be helpful. But I've got, I've had this, like, it's on my calendar. I'm ready to roll. I will be there. I'm not happy. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah. No one wants to, right? But... I will be there. I have a couple of, I don't know about you, but when I have, (laughs) dentist doesn't bother me at all, really. It's just like, whatever. But I have a couple of other, like, sneak it in before the end of the year and the new new deductible of medical appointments. I am dreading them. Like, Mm. if I think about it, I get crabby. Like, I have to go, I have (laughs) a history of, I've had skin cancer on my back. Mm -hmm. So I have to go get my skin checked. Oh, that's fine. And they always like, oh. We're going to have to biopsy that. I'm like, no, <laughs> don't cut on me, please. <laughs> so traumatic. So you don't want reminders from them because the reminder would set you in a downward spiral. Yes, <laughs> Got much. it. This is irony. So I'm talking about getting all these texts from the dentist saying, are you coming? Are you coming? Coming? And I sent one. Yes. I hit Y yesterday. You know, hit Y to confirm. I did. I just got another text from them. Looking forward to seeing you. <laughs> if you have any questions, call us. I'm like, come on. It makes sense, though. It's That's totally lost revenue for them. It's not like they can call someone at the last minute to come to periodontist. I guess. And, and hey, you want to come in today? A lot of people probably do skip out on their, they're just like, I'd rather not. I'm just not going to show. Yeah. Right. So maybe, maybe that's why. But have you ever thought your phone, that wouldn't be my phone listening to me though. That's just, that's a computer thing. Yeah. That's a computer thing. What motivates you to get out of bed every morning? For 80% of people, it is. Paycheck. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe you said that. For 80% of coffee drinkers, it's the cup of coffee. Oh, I thought I was thinking (laughs) more. Of all people to guess it right. I was thinking more big picture than like, you know, just the the minute of that moment. I was thinking like, what what is it that makes you get out of bed in the morning? They say hot coffee drinkers look forward to it more than people who drink iced coffee. Hmm. So drinking something warm might be part of it, especially as the weather gets cooler. Around half of us have tried to recreate a fancy coffee drink from a place like Starbucks. But in a perfect world, most of us would still prefer to have a barista make our coffee. The survey also found that if we had to give up coffee or social media, what do you think people picked? The How about you? Show? What would you pick? Oh, I'd, I'd social media. No, no doubt. Yeah. Coffee's my lifelong friend. Coffee will never do me wrong. Most Social would, media can be vicious. Most would not give up their morning coffee. We'd rather ditch social media than coffee. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think think of what you do first. The priority is the coffee, right? You get the coffee going, then you check your social media. Is that your routine? Not the other way around. That's so funny. Yeah. I have a whole different morning routine than you. We'd have yeah. to, we'll have to talk about it. Coming up, you are going to love what this community did that was fun and helped a bunch of people at the same time. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! You're going to love what this community did that was super fun, memorable, and helped a bunch of people in need. A group of 60 people in Kansas City, Missouri, broke a world record by... Playing baseball for 100 hours. That's just over four days straight of baseball. uh, Our producer Griffin's dream come true. Yeah. It was just such a great community moment. And I think, you know, then having that plaque up there on the press box here, you know, people are going to see that and say, they really did that. I want to give them a big shout out and kudos. They raised more than $32,000 
for a bunch of charities like Operation Breakthrough, Children's Mercy Hospital, Veterans Community Project, and The Gift of Life and more. So way to go, guys. What Just was by the, playing baseball. What was the score at the end of the game, I wonder? <laughs> after four days of playing. Yeah. And uh, after four days of playing, if it was tied, did everyone, hey, we can go to extra innings. Oh, no. Did everyone go like, no, no, it's okay. No, we're, say we're, it ain't we're, so. We're good with the tie. It's totally fine. So you ever get separated uh, with someone? At, you're at a big event. Someone's got like, I don't know, a fair or a concert or a ball game or something. And you get separated. And you're like, are we ever going to see each other it's again? The worst. Yeah. terrified. That happened to my wife and I at a huge event the other day. I'll tell you about it next. I think a lot of us have, have had that experience if you get separated when you get separated from your kids somewhere at like a, oh. a fair or a ball game or something. It's the worst. Absolutely. Time slows down. It feels like 30 seconds is mm-hmm. five years. And when you finally find them, especially if they wandered off, you you alternate between hugging them and telling them you're going to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. Well, my wife and I, we got separated. Um, we went to the opening of The Sphere in Las Vegas, the U2 show. And we, we got in line super early. We wanted to get every minute inside that building that we could because it was like the anticipation was just killing us. So we wound up getting in line. There was a bridge that went from the hotel to the venue. And they said, that's where you want to line up. And we got there. Doors opened at six. We got in that line at like quarter to five, like an hour and 15 minutes early. And we were like the fifth people in line. And we're like, sweet. And then like no one's coming in line behind us. We're like, what? Why, what is happening right now? Uh-oh. Listen, you know, I have to use the restroom. I'm going to walk out to the restroom. I'm going to ask the guys there what's going on, and we'll find out. So I walk back to where the restrooms are, and there are security everywhere, and they're not letting anyone through. They're, like, letting no one through. And I said to one of the guys there that had a walkie-talkie and a tie and a badge, I said, hey, I got to use the restroom. My wife and I are in line at the bridge that goes to this venue. Can I get back in if I use the restroom? He goes, yeah, yeah, no problem. Go ahead. So I go use the bathroom. I come back. He's gone, and they're not letting me through. Guy wanders back and he goes, yeah, I know I told you that, but in the time you were in the bathroom, the fire marshal came and said, you can let no one else through here. I'm really sorry. I said, oh, no. I said, can I talk to you inside for a minute? I said, my wife is back there. She doesn't have the tickets. I have the tickets. She's going to freak out if I don't get back there really soon. There is you're telling me there is no way you can't like, you know, take me around the line. Just one guy. He goes, come with me. And we walk, we walk all the way around this line of about a thousand people. They think I'm like some kind of VIP because I got a security <laughs> guy walking me all, or bypassing Either all these people. Either that or you did something really bad. No, I wasn't in handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> Bypass all of these people. We get to this platform where I can see where Tracy is. She's about 50 yards away. I said, that's her right there. He goes, all right, I'm going to stand here and watch you walk over there. Just make sure you get over there. Okay. But enjoy the show. So I walked over. About a half hour has gone by by now. Tracy's standing in line by herself. I was like, you are not going to believe what I just went through (laughs) to get get back here. And she's like, why didn't you call me? I said, I did like 30 times. Oh, no. You don't have your phone on or it's too loud or something. But it all ended well. And then after the show, we're walking out and I saw him standing on the side. I said, I just want to say thank you for getting us in there because that would have been an awful experience to the start of all this, being separated, trying to find each other with this rush of people all trying to get into this building. So, you know what? There was another time where uh, we got we got separated from our son. I just shared that story about my wife and I getting separated at that big concert we went to. But one time we were just uh, we were just out shopping. We we're in Target. And uh, Tracy's like, hey, do, do you have Kyle? And I was like, no, I thought you had him. He was Uh-oh. gone. He was gone. Next thing we know, they're doing this full store lockdown. 
they make an announcement like, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lost child and uh, there's no one going to enter or exit the building until we reunite the child with the parents. And he's uh, in the, the security office right now at the front of the store. So we go to the front of the store and he's behind um, single uh, single view glass. I don't know, one way mirror glass mm-hmm. where on his side of the mirror, he could see out, but we couldn't see him. Um, so we, it was so he could identify his parents. So no oh, one, wow. you know, with bad intentions wouldn't go up and go, yeah, that's my kid. Yeah. Um, so I told Kyle, I was like, boy, that was your big chance. If you ever wanted to swap parents. <laughs> <laughs> missed out. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I, I, I take it we were doing okay since you didn't, didn't take that golden opportunity. The most that ever happened to me is I got left at church a couple of times. Yeah. When you got five girls, mm-hmm. you can easily forget the middle one. <laughs> <laughs> and that was you. So they had to come back and get me. I met a guy, uh, he's an Uber driver from Ethiopia, and I love talking to Uber drivers. Usually you have like a, I don't know, 15 minute Uber drive, and you can learn a lot about people and what they've gone through in their lives when you just ask them some questions. So, you know, he had an accent, and I said, where, where are you from originally? And he said, Ethiopia, how long have you been here? And he said, eight years. And I said, wow, do you miss your family? He goes, well, my wife and kids are here. Um, but I do miss you know, extended family. Yeah, sure. You guys get to go back every now and then. Um, and I said, well, it's great that your your wife and kids are here. He goes, well, it wasn't like that at first. Mm. His wife came over first and left him behind with the two two kids. And then about a year later, they came over and joined her. Wow. And I said, what, what is that? What was that process like? Have you become a citizen? She said, yeah, we're or He said, yeah, we're citizens. Um, our kids are citizens. I, I asked him, "Do you, are you teaching them the Ethiopian customs?" He goes, "Oh yeah, they're learning both languages." That's he said, they're, "They're learning our language, which is a local dialect. It's not like what people in Ethiopia speak." He goes, "It's just in our little town and region they wow. speak, and that's that's what they're learning." Um, and he's, I said, "Well, what was the immigration process like?" Because that's all you hear about in the news nowadays: immigrants, immigrants, immigrants. He said it was really scary because for people, he said, "I don't know if it's like this from everywhere, but from our country." Um, they really scrutinize marriage. Are you really married? Interesting. Or are you just using that to get into the country? Mm. And he said, he and his wife, they were you know, married before they came over. They had kids and they, they came over afterwards. He's like, we've been married a long, long time. Uh, but we were nervous because we knew couples who were legitimately married, but they got sent back. <gasps> yeah. And I said, "What not there a criteria? Is there a set criteria? He goes, yeah, there's a criteria, but it largely comes down to Whoever the person is that's doing your hearing, if they don't believe it, if they they think you're not being honest, they'll they can send you back. Ugh. I said that doesn't seem fair. It seems like there should be like a set list, like you have this, 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 and this. And he mm-hmm. said, yeah, but there. He goes, honestly, there are people who will come with fake wedding pictures and all kinds of stuff. Like, oh yeah, here's the joyous day. And then the uh, interesting thing too is, I said, um, do you have dual citizenship? And he said, no. Yeah, we had to give up our Ethiopian citizen, oh, wow. citizenship to come, to, to be here. I said, so how has that been going? He goes, I am so proud to be an American. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I thought it was such a great story. I love and the because, melting pot that yeah, we are. Yeah, immigration, you see it in the news all the time. And here's a guy who, they, they went through a lot. He's like, I didn't speak any English when we got here. Mm. Very, very, had to learn the language, everything. Wow. Um, so yeah, there there's an immigrant story of somebody who went through all the proper channels and stuff and, and is very, very proud to be an American. Coming up in just a minute, have you noticed when it comes to little battles with your kids, you win some and you lose some? Have you noticed, mom and dad, that when it comes to little battles with your children, you win some and you lose some? 
The average parent has 190 wins a year, which is about four a week. <laughs> Meaning your kid doesn't want to do something and you can get them to do it anyway. But the average parent also caves in and gives their kid what they want 218 times a year. Ooh. So that means kids win a little more than half of the time. Mm. The top wins for mom and dad include getting them to brush their teeth, having them up and ready for time in school, uh, eating their fruits and veggies, and getting them to do their homework. Now, the top parenting losses, letting them eat whatever they want, letting them have dessert before dinner, letting them use their phone or iPad at the table, buying them something they want but don't need, and finally, letting them stay up past their bedtime. Mm, we should talk about that. What are some parenting wins and parenting losses that you've had? We're talking about parenting wins and parenting losses. You know, basically, it's trying to get your kids to do what you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got I've got a couple of wins. Um, one involved trickery and treachery, and one involved uh, bribery uh, to get my kids <laughs> to do what, I, what, what we want them to do. I'll talk about it next. I think I've said this a million times at four kids, and I, I do not try to charade as some type of parenting expert. I'm just a guy who's made a lot of mistakes <laughs> trying to raise four kids. And and this these two techniques probably aren't the best techniques to get a parenting win, but sometimes you, they just wear you down. So you'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. So to get our kids to do what, what I you know, wanted them to do, the first one involves a little bit of trickery and treachery. Our son, Kyle, when he was a, a baby, he would not eat, I don't even know what it was, the purple stuff out of the jar, baby food. He wouldn't eat the purple stuff, but apparently that was really good for him. And Tracy was like, he has to have the purple stuff. So I would take the purple stuff, I'd get it on the spoon, and then he liked the orange stuff. So I'd cover the purple stuff in the orange stuff. Oh, that, and he'd that see never it coming. works long. Oh, he'd see it coming and be like, oh boy. And then his facial expression would go from joy Shoot to, me, Dad. oh, you got me. You're again. teaching me before I can speak that I no, can't for, trust right. you. But, no, no, for a kid that small, that's like a dog, a dog with a tennis ball. When you like pretend to throw the tennis ball and they chase after it. Yeah. Right. The dog never learns that you're not really throwing the ball and they this never get upset child. with you. This right. is a human. Right. I understand that. But it's the same concept. Same, same, uh. Same type of technique involved there. Now, the other one involves just flat-out bribery, and I do not recommend this. This is probably one of my least proud parenting moments. Kind of kind of surprised now that I've said I'm going to share it with you guys, and I'm going to. But uh, my son Kyle was graduating from high school. My mom, God rest her soul, she came all the way from Baltimore for his graduation. And not, she was sitting in the handicap section. Um, there, You got two seats. Like, one person could sit with her. Well, I wanted to sit with... My wife, obviously, our son, I wanted to sit with her. That left our three daughters. One of them had to go and sit with Busha. That's what they call grandma. It's Polish for grandma. One of them, And none of them wanted to go sit with Busha. They wanted to sit with us because she can be a handful. And none of them were volunteering. So I took my daughter Amber aside and I said, look, do not tell your sisters, but I will give you $20 if you go and sit with Busha. She's like, done. Sold. <laughs> That's hilarious. She was only like. I think like 10, 11 years old, maybe. So $20 was like a fortune. You might as well have told her keys to the vault for 20 bucks. So she did it. So yeah, it was, I don't know if I can file that under parenting win or parenting loss, but that's, that's what happens. We'd love to hear from you. Do you have any parenting wins or, or like I was brave enough to share a parenting loss, not my proudest moment. We'd love to hear from you. 
So we're talking about those wins and losses that you have with your kids. And sadly, the kids win like 53% of the time uh, over the course of a year. But I saw the the best trick that I I gave our producer Griffin the other day, because he's got a seven-year-old and a Mm six-year-old. If your kid's really acting up, being snarky, not behaving well, you go, excuse me? And you hold up your phone and you say, say that again. I'm going to record it for Santa. (laughs) to use technology in your favor excellent wow that is that is some ninja parenting there wow see griff that's why you kids you you guys have it easier being parents nowadays we didn't have that at our disposal (laughs) we would just have to be like he's watching but you've got like i can send video evidence yeah wow could this be the secret reason why more women especially are getting anxious and depressed That big bag of chips or that slice of frozen pizza might make you happy while you're eating it, but it could make you more susceptible to sadness long after you take your last bite. New research found that eating ultra-processed foods can contribute to higher risk of depression. So chips, candies, frozen TV dinners, chicken Mm. nuggets, sodas, sugar-filled breakfast cereals, and packaged soups, you know, like the just-add-hot-water type, artificial sweeteners, they all cause chemical changes in your brain that can trigger the development of depression. So pretty much everything we eat. <laughs> Scary, isn't it? Because, you know, I've been saying for, for ages, why are so many young people depressed? What is happening? Is it social media? What is it? And you, you think, wow, could it just be their sugary coffee drinks and all a, the processed foods? Maybe it's a combination. Maybe it's all the above. Okay, so do you ever uh, follow any news stations where they're like live on the scene, late breaking, mm-hmm. like oh, right yeah. when dun, it dun, happened? Dun, dun. We're gonna. I got a little insight to the behind the scenes of that the other day. I'll tell you about it next. Do you ever wonder what it's like to be like behind the scenes for that late breaking on the scene coverage after something huge happened? Well, I got a big insight into that the other day because one of our former coworkers, Joey. Uh, came up and joined me and Glenn for a while at a baseball game. He and his beautiful wife, Stephanie. And um, we just started asking. He's been working for CNN for 14 years now as a producer. Mm. And he travels wow. all over the place. And I asked him, I said, because you often have to go last minute notice, do you keep a bag packed? He goes, absolutely. A go bag? <laughs> he always has a packed suitcase in huh. the trunk of his car at all times. Huh. And one of the recent ones that it was like, go, 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 was the uh, the fire in Maui. And he was mm. there and he showed me on his phone as we're sitting side by side at this baseball game, the coverage, like the his video just scrolling by all the burned areas. Wow. And he said it was mm. just devastating. It was such an emotional thing. And I said, who knew your service in the military would come in so handy at being a news producer because yeah, you, you emotionally yeah. have to deal with all this tough stuff. And he said one of the things they dealt with when they were in Maui is he it was his job to figure out where he and the reporter and the cameraman, where are we going to stay? And the only thing he could find was this really beautiful resort. Mm. And it was so expensive. He had to go up to the higher ups of the company just to, to get, get approval approved. to stay there. Uh. And he said it was such a contrast. You'd be covering this devastation during the day. And then at night, You'd go back to this beautiful hotel, Mm. but it was just, it was, he has seen so many fascinating things in his life and his wife, like he had this horrible flight to get out there. Like it was just like, he was up for like more than 24 hours. And he said, his wife was like, 
you poor thing, you have to go to Hawaii. Mm. <laughs> like, she was teasing him. <laughs> like, no, no empathy there. <laughs> what an interesting job he has. Yeah. Okay, Kev, you know this one thing about me. I do not like to go shopping. It is not mm. my jam. It's not my thing. Okay. Um, I, I think I need to get out in retail land more often. Okay. Because... There's something that's been going on and I had no idea. Yeah, like a trend, something yeah, that's sweeping I'm like, the nation. How did I not know about this? I'll tell you about <laughs> it next. So I have new evidence that I don't get out much and I'm kind of embarrassed <laughs> by this. So, okay, so the other day, my husband and I, it was a weekend day and mm-hmm. we did some mountain biking. And he's like, hey, is it okay if we stop at Home Depot on the way home? Because I need air filters. Uh, they're coming to check our units, and I always like to change them every six months. Can and, we hit pause real quick? Yeah. And this is where you learned about a new fashion trend? <laughs> no, I didn't say it was fashion. Oh, oh, okay. I said I don't like to shop. Oh, I'm, I was thinking it was fashion. And then I had fashion. no idea. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So at first, I'm just going to sit in the car. He's just got to go get some filters. Mm-hmm. But we pulled in. And the garden center looked glorious. <laughs> there were pumpkins and mums and pansies and just everything that was just like delicious to my eyes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, um, if you need me, I'll be in the garden center. Right. And, and so I'll be in the garden center, <laughs> inhaling those cinnamon brooms. Yes. I love those things. I always put one in my car. So I'm like walking around. I'm like, ooh, look at these mums. Oh, look at that color mums. Oh, there's big ones. There's little ones. And then I was like, okay, let me look at the pumpkins. I'm like, what in the world? What is that? And it was these pumpkins that look like from that TV show, The Last of Us. They look like there were fungus growing all over them. And I was hmm. like, what in the world? This must be Those are cool. designed to look scary. And so I put a survey on social media. Like, what do you think of these pumpkins with warts? Like, mm-hmm. what's the deal? And I I didn't realize that they're called knuckleheads. Hmm. They have a name. And I, I was today years old when I realized there's such a thing that they grow these pumpkins like this. And one lady, she was so people are very opinionated. They either love them or hate them. I've checked it out on the Kevin and Taylor socials. Mm-hmm. And one lady named Susan, she goes, anyone who buys one of those is a knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My fat, we've been knuckleheads for years. Oh, if you remember, we we would always go and we would look for the most deformed, ugly pumpkin. Right. That no one else would buy. And That's the one we would buy. I guess we would purposefully try to find Everyone is like one. you because now they're growing them to look ugly on purpose. <laughs> I just, why, how, how long have these been out? And where have I been? Yeah. And the, do they just not carry them at my local grocery store or something? Because I had no we're, idea. We're the home of misfit everything. <laughs> misfit kids, misfit dogs. Misfit pumpkins. So you that, knew they were us. called knuckleheads I, no, and were, you guys mm, go buy the ones no, with the green algae on I, them on I purpose? I didn't know that's what they were named, but we we have always bought miscolored, misshapen ones with the gunk all over them. If, we, if that's the one we found, that's the one we would want. Now they're growing them like that for you. Yeah. Well, we're trendsetters. What can I say? Yes. <laughs> so I was talking about those knucklehead pumpkins that mm-hmm. I was today years old when I learned what they are, what they're called. That they're a thing, that they grow them ugly that way on purpose. On purpose, right. Um, and it got me to thinking about trick-or-treat and how much your wife Tracy loves it. It's her favorite holiday. Because I was talking to a friend of mine. She's got a little four-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to go to her bigger brother's football game. And she wanted to put her daughter in, like, the team colors. Okay. 
And she insisted on wearing the exact same pumpkin t-shirt she wore the day before to the game because she <laughs> loves trick-or-treat that much. So I'm Aww. wondering about your wife, Tracy. Did it start when she was like a little girl, when she was like four? Yes, her mom went over the top for trick-or-treat. Oh. Mom was a trick-or-treat fanatic, and I think that's where it got ingrained in this her. This is starting with a little girl. Her mom's not into trick-or-treat. Okay. Yeah, but I think for, for, yeah. for Tracy, it started with her mama. And, Nostalgia. And now every year we go, we go th- we're, we're at the part of the routine where she's saying she's not doing it again this year. Every year we go through this. Everyone will be like, hey, mom, are you dressing up? Are you going to do go big again? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't. It's a lot. I don't know if I'm going to do it this year. That's the phase we're in right now. And she always relents. Always. Oh, always. 100% of the time. Yeah. Are you going to have to be a we scarecrow know this again? Is, this is part of the game and we have to play along. We know that. And you have to be a scarecrow every year, right? To go I, with Elphaba? I haven't always. She dresses up as the Wicked Witch of the West and she likes me to dress up as a scarecrow. Which, if you know the story of Wicked, there's a connection between the two of them. I won't spoil the play if you haven't seen it. Um, but she she likes for me too, and I've done it. I think three or four times. Yeah, but I don't. I would I would prefer to sit inside watching TV with a bucket of candy on the porch, ignoring everyone. <laughs> That's how much I like. I'm not anti trick or treat. I'm just not like I don't yeah. go nuts over it. So it's one of those things in marriage where she loves it, so I accommodate and I participate happily and. It's one night a year, and I can I can get over it. Maybe I should <laughs> send my friend's four year old over to hang out because there's such kindred spirits. Kindred spirit, right, right, yeah. right, right. 